insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. To Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights and Entertainment. This is episode 110, The Marvelous Mara Jade. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my caring and attentive co-host, Michelle Whalen. Aww. How you doing today, sweetie? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm just as good, only slightly less. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Long week this week. Yeah, it always is. Yeah. Well, especially when we do these on Thursdays. Right. It's much it's, shorter it's, when we did them on Sunday or the Saturday, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like Friday Eve, so that's that's the certainly positive look at it, sure. the positive spin. Well, aspect. and we have a good we have uh, some yes, stuff going we on this have weekend, but we have a fun filled uh, we'll save weekend. It end, so yeah, we teaser. don't want to <laughs> teaser. We don't want to tell you spoilers. <laughs> all the fun we're having. That's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today in our Disney Detective. Disney's closing the Fox Channel and moving shows to Disney Plus, and Disney gave Jungle Cruise filmmakers an option to send their movie to Disney Plus. Then in our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy, Brie Larson is rumored to be cast as Luke Skywalker's wife in an upcoming project, and the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel may detour to other planets during unexpected circumstances. And then in our entertainment news, Knives Out 2 has added a Hamilton star. And a certain Cobra Kai star never thought he'd be cast in Karate Kid. And then we'll finish up with our insightful picks of the week. <clears throat> Before we do that, though, I would invite folks to subscribe to the podcast. You can get video versions of the all of our podcasts on the network. Uh, if you look up Insights into Things... You can get audio versions of just this podcast listed as Insights into Entertainment. We're available on Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, any place you can get a podcast these days. <laughs> if you don't know where to find them, then you, you, you think you, you don't listen to podcasts. Then right, exactly. <laughs> um, we also invite you to uh, reach out to us, give us your feedback, tell us how we're doing, give us suggestions. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. On the Twitter, we are at insights underscore things. <clears throat> On Facebook, we're at facebook.com. The book of faces. <laughs> slash insights into things podcast. On the Instagram, we are Instagram. at Instagram. On the grams that are Insta. <laughs> we are at instagram.com slash insights into things. And if we haven't confused you enough with all those, you can just go right to our website at www.insightsintothings.com to get links to everything. Are we ready to go? I don't know. Are we? I think we're good to go. Okay. Here we go. Go for Disney Detective. So it seems that Disney Plus subscribers in the UK are about to get a major influx of content on the streaming service as Deadline reports that the Fox Channel across the pond is being shuttered after 17 years. The closure of the channel will see all of its programming move to Disney Plus streaming service, uh, marking yet another indicator that the Walt Disney Company has their main primary uh, their primary focus set on growing their streaming platforms. This announcement means that all of the Fox Channel programming will appear under the star vertical on Disney Plus in the UK. In the US, basically it means nothing for us. No change. Well, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> well, the thing is that in the US, most of Fox's stuff is under Hulu, and Hulu 
and Disney, they're already together. Right. So for the UK, it's big news because they hadn't started switching anything over for them yet. So it, it's big news for, for them. Uh, so a Disney spokeswoman uh, had made a statement that on June 30th, the Fox Channel in the UK will close. Many titles will become available on Star on Disney+. Plus, and uh, we will announce in the near future... Uh, Appreciate everybody's support, blah, 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 blah. Hey, there's going to be lots of new stuff. Did they actually write blah, 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 Yeah, they blah? did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> was, they need some quoting, better creative writers there. I was quoting them. So, yeah, for us, again, it doesn't mean anything, but for people in the UK, and that was what <laughs> what kind of... Um, they they were really the ones that were kind of being screwed over because when all of the new content was coming to Disney Plus in the U.S., it wasn't available in the UK for a right. while. So like when Mandalorian launched and other things, they had to wait months before it came. So now at least they're starting to, to catch up. So they're going to be able um, to get things like American Horror Story, The Orville, Atlanta, Walking Dead, LA's Finest. So a lot and of that, Fox. How many of those have been canceled now? <laughs> yeah, well, but, but they'll be able to, you know, catch up on it. Um, the other thing that came out was last week, word came from the Walt Disney Company that Disney Plus's service has now hit 103.6 million subscribers worldwide as of June 3rd. Million? Million. Million. Uh-huh, meaning that 8.7 million global customers joined the service just in the past quarter. Wow. So. That's impressive. Yeah. It's also worth noting that if you look at the demographics for this podcast, our number two uh, viewer slash listener audience is actually the UK. See? So I, this so is news for friends, them. All of our friends in the UK. See, listening, watching all those shows with English accents pays off. <laughs> See? Yeah, so mine happens to, my insightful pick is another. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, That's I why you <laughs> skipped ahead. No spoilers, though. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. So, yeah. So, what else we got in Disney? So, in news? more Disney Plus news, it seems that Disney gave Jungle Cruise filmmakers the option to send uh, the Dwayne Johnson movie to Disney Plus. Uh, so, Disney's Jungle Cruise will set sail in theaters and on Disney Plus on July 30th, a decision that was reached by the studio and the filmmakers behind the movie. Uh, Johnson on Thursday had announced Jungle Cruise, based on the iconic Disney theme park attraction, would be the fourth film to debut in theaters and on Disney's premiere access after the animated uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Then you have Emma Stone's Cruella, which is coming out next week. Um, then Scarlett Johansson's uh, Black Widow will be coming out July all through the Premium Plus. Now, again, if you're not sure what that is, it's uh, $29.99 priced Premier Access, which they had actually lost last September with the live-action Mulan, after Disney had canceled the film's wide theatrical release. So, basically, for $29.99, you get to own the movie for as long as you have Disney+. Plus. Now, the other thing, too, is when... Mulan came out in September. It was only two months that you had to pay for it. If you waited until um, December, you were able to get it as part of your Disney Plus package. So I'm guessing it's probably the same thing. I don't know if there's a set time for any of the premiere access movies, if it's like a two-month uh, period or not. But you figure if you're a family of four, heck, if you're a family of three paying $30 to own the movie is cheaper than actually going to the movie theater. And in some cases, your local movie theater might not yet still be opened at this point. So if you want to see basically a first run movie in the comfort of your home, $30, you know, isn't too bad. Um, so Disney presented the filmmakers behind the Jungle Cruise with the release option. And according to a report, they decided to go with the split release of doing it for Disney Plus as well as doing it in the theater. Um, so it'll be interesting to to see, you know, how it does 
Now that things are, again, starting to open back up, are people going to choose to go to the theater to, to watch it? Or are people still going to, you know, to decide to, to stay at home and, and watch it? So This is one area that I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens when things kind of go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Is where do movie theaters fit into this? Mm-hmm. And now that you've got these first-run movies at home... And the business model has proven out that you can make money off of it. Right. Are we going to have a certain class of movies that now continue under that release right, program? Right, right. Is it going to be open to everybody? Are the award shows now going to start allowing that type of thing? Because they did make an allowance for just the one year. Right. So. Because nothing was open. Right, so they couldn't right. do it. So, again, does it become where you have to at least show it in so many theaters to be considered, but yet the rest of it, because again, you know, we, we talked about this multiple times before is that you have, we're lucky enough. We don't live in a rural area. We're in a suburb of, you know, of Philadelphia in, you know, New Jersey and within, you know, 15 minutes, we're near at least, Two movie theaters. Easily, yeah. Easily. Within 25 minutes, another two or three right, theaters. Right. So we're we're very fortunate. We don't have to travel very far to, to get to it. Um, I know people who grew up in the middle of nowhere, New York, you know, upstate New York, and everything was an hour away. You know, you wanted to go to the mall, it was an hour away. Right, you wanted to go right. to the movie theater, it was an hour away. So... For somebody that lives in those areas, heck, I'll pay a premium, you know, even if it's something where it's going to cost me more. And you make the economic point that it's cheaper for us to pay 30 bucks to have Mm -hmm. the whole family watch the movie Mm -hmm. than to truck the whole family out to a movie theater that may or may not, you know, be sanitary. Right. You're, you know, you're paying as much, if not more on snacks than oh, you are on tickets. So absolutely. You're, you're doubling what your cost right. is. And for a family of three or four, you're looking at over a hundred bucks to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Well, for the Jungle Cruise, I don't need to see it in a theater. Right. If it's Star Wars, not a Ryan Johnson Star Wars, I need <laughs> to see it. on the Star Wars. I, right. need, I need to see it in a theater. But we do have a pretty good sound system and a pretty big TV. We do. So... It's not, you know, it's not like we're sitting there watching it on our phone. True. So, but there but are yes, some there movies are... that need to be seen in the theater. Absolutely, and I will agree. still go to see those in a the theater. Absolutely. But movies like Jungle Cruise or what was the one we had just watched recently? Um, what was the one that we did? Oh, Wonder Woman. Right. Wonder Woman. Well, I didn't want to watch <laughs> after watching it. I don't want up the time back from watching it in my in my living room. But right, right. I would have really been upset if I had paid to go see it in the movie theater. Right. Um, but yeah, movies like that, I don't need to see in a theater. Right. They, I I agree. There are certain movies that seeing it in a movie theater enhances the experience. But for the most part, being able to see it at home, plus the fact that we can pause it, and right. that's what we did with. Wonder Woman, because <laughs> we just needed to take a break. I'll tell you, when, when we went to see Endgame, yes. I wish we had a pause button. Yeah, everybody did. Because it was so long, and I had to pee like three times in the movie. Right. So it was nice to be able to watch it in the comfort of my home and pause it when I got home to watch it. Right, right. But that was also, you know, after the fact, after you had already right. seen it. And so, yeah, like, you know, Jungle Cruise or... Or um, uh, Black Widow, you know what? Maybe we'll spend the thirty dollars right. and and do that to be able to watch it, and we'll do a movie night. Everybody gets there, and the fact that you can you own it as long as you're a member mm-hmm. of Disney Plus right. is nice. But how many times are we going to go back and watch Jungle Cruise? I don't know. How many times have you watched Endgame? Oh, and you were watching but it when it was Jungle on. Jungle Cruise <laughs> is not Endgame. Okay, uh, you. Don't Maybe Maddie will like it. I don't know. Maybe. I mm, guess. No, we won't know until we watch it. That's true. So That's true. so that was all we had for our Disney uh, detective. Yes. We will be right back with our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. For over 
seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Civ Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Star Forge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. <laughs> you know, I like to keep you on your toes. Right. So it seems the MCU star, Brie Larson, has made no secret of her love for the Star Wars franchise. It seems that the Captain Marvel actress has previously confirmed that she has auditioned for all three of Disney's sequel trilogy films, but unfortunately failed to make the cut. So... Now it seems she might be getting her wish. So again, rumored report is that um, a new report comes out that the MCU fan favorite is in serious talks with Disney and Lucas Films to play Luke Skywalker's wife, Mara Jade Skywalker, as the Star Wars universe continues to expand. So ever since the iconic Jedi Knight, a, a CGI version of Mark Hamill, uh, showed up uh, from the 1983 era of Return of the Jedi. He made his cameo appearance in the Mandalorian uh, season two finale. There have been rumors about the Star Wars legend's wife now becoming canon. So it's also interesting to note that in Timothy Zahn's Star Wars Expanded Universe Thrawn trilogy novelization, Mara Jade is connected to Grand Admiral Th Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, who happens to be the blue-skinned villain who was introduced into the Mandalorian saga when Ahsoka um, had teamed up with um, the Mandalorian and they defeated um, the magistrate character uh, in, in season two, and they mentioned him, so we kind of got that feeling that he was going to be showing up in episode three. Uh, in season three. So, of course, he is expected to play some sort of major role um, and maybe even interconnected with the spinoffs of Ahsoka and the Rangers of the New Republic. So it would certainly not be surprising if Mara Jade shows up, uh, Mara Jade shows up in the current canon sooner rather than later. Um, obviously, she has a fascinating checkered past. She went from being uh, an emperor's hand assassin for the Galactic Empire to a Jedi Knight in her own right, and then sitting on the Jedi Council. So if she doesn't show up in the third season of The Mandalorian or one of its spinoffs, there's certainly potential for her to appear in the rumored Luke Skywalker and Grogu series that may feature another Marvel actor, Sebastian Sand as the legendary Jedi. So that's been a rumor going around, too, that he was going to be playing Luke Skywalker in something coming up. So that you keep hearing. Uh, well, he's got the metal hand for it, so. <laughs> right. Right. <clears throat> sure. So this isn't the first time that her name's been connected with uh, the Star Wars Legends character. It seems that fans actually had wanted both her or Elizabeth Olsen to take the role of Luke Skywalker's wife. Um, so it is important to know, again, this is all rumors, that at the time that this story came out, nobody's confirmed whether or not uh, she's been part of it. But if it does happen, that would be kind of cool. So You know, when I read this story, when I saw the story was in the show notes, 
I actually got goosebumps mm. and I had to go and read the story because I've been waiting for them mm-hmm. to bring her to the new Star Wars universe for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And now is the perfect time. You've got all the right elements in place. Yep. You've got Thrawn, who they've developed not only through uh, Rebels in the novels, but now Thrawn's making, allegedly making an appearance in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It's the right time frame. It's yep. right after the Empire um, has fallen. You know, Empire is still kind of fresh. There's that remnant that's still out there. You've got Luke, who's now made his appearance, mm-hmm. which... I'm not sure how you're going to do a spinoff with Sebastian Stan as Luke and not superimpose Luke's face right. digitally on top of him. That's got to be kind of weird. Yeah, because you already had him yeah. show up yeah. in something. So how do you not continue to to do that? Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a little weird. I don't know if... I can't see them taking a main character like that and turning it into a spinoff series. Yeah. I could see cameos. Right. Um, and I could certainly see Mara Jade appearing in here so that she might be able to springboard off onto something, another project. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to see, the the thing that kind of saddens me is you're not going to see that storyline develop between Luke and Mara Jade, because obviously we're pretty far along in the storyline at this point in time. I don't know if there's enough run room now mm. for him to do some of the things that he did to encounter her as the Emperor's hand, you know, since the Emperor's dead now. Right. So that kind of complicates that side of things. Mm. Um, but yeah, it would work. It would work, you know. And and technically, her appearance in the Thrawn trilogy was all after the Empire Emperor was dead too. So you could make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see it. I think it was a great storyline. I think if they borrow elements from the novels, the the Thrawn, the Timothy Zahn novels, I think. They've got a winning recipe, no matter what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Timothy Zahn could write the dictionary, and it would turn out awesome in the end. Right. That's just the, how good of a writer he is. But anyway, yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay. So, what else do we have for our tales from the edge of the galaxy? So it seems that the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel may detour to other planets during. Unexpected circumstances. So in an interview with StarWars.com, Walt Disney Imagineer Anne Morrow Johnson divulged some details for the upcoming Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Say that five times fast. That five times fast. Thank you. So according to Johnson, when the Halcyon sets off next year, its leisure cruise through the stars may be interrupted with unplanned detours. She said, and just like any other cruise, we have an itinerary, so we have a set list of planets that we'll visit. It's it's possible that we might take a detour or two if we find ourselves in unexpected circumstances, but you will be able to see those planets, other ships, and maybe the occasional asteroid field out the window as we cruise from place to place. Um, of course, guests will also be able to take an excursion to Batu uh, via sh- uh, shuttle during the cruise. So it sounds like there are going to be some unexpected things happening with your two-day, two-night stay uh, aboard. So, Well, you know, it's funny because that kind of sticks with the theme of other Star Wars things in the parks, sort of mm-hmm. like Star Tours. Where- right. You know, Star Tours, you go on an unexpected trip to right. multiple locations. Right. Um, when you're on, uh, when you go through, uh, what's the what's the new ride? Not the Millennium Falcon one. What's the other one? Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance. So you go on Rise of the Resistance, you have an unexpected twist right, on that one Right, right. It's a very Disney yeah. Star Wars thing so to do. So it's, it's, a, it's a very thematic type of, mm-hmm. of thing. and. What I hope is, I hope it's not a forced thing where you have a script and, okay, day one at 10 o'clock, we're doing this. And, you know, at 4 o'clock, we're doing, I hope they change it up so it feels more organic. Right. And I also hope that they they do something like that, too, where they kind of change it up so that this way, if you go and tell a friend about it, you don't have the exact same experience. Kind of like what they do on Star Tours. Right. On Star Tours, 
it's a generated or a random generated thing. So you don't always get the same two or three planets. Right, Each so ride. you can go on Star Tours multiple times and have a different experience every time. Right, so I'm hoping that they kind of do that, or depending on where you are on the ship at a certain time, you run across something. Um, one of the things uh, that I saw in a, a different article uh, was actually talking about cast members that they were hiring. They were looking for stunt uh, actors. They were looking for musicians. Um, so obviously there's going to be Play that same song. <laughs> there's going to be you know, obviously some sort of bar or some lounge area where there's going to be music it's going on. Star Wars, you have to have the aliens at the bar. Right, so I'm sure there's going to be the aliens at the bar. I'm sure there's going to be these other actors so that if, you know, maybe the ship gets taken over by something and that was somebody else, uh, I don't know if somebody had made a comment or said, like, maybe Kylo Ren shows up and boards your ship and there's I a whole... Not. Make it Vader. I'm so <laughs> sick and tired of the new stuff. <laughs> you don't... Maybe that's... And maybe that's what they do, depending on... You know what time frame or what? Give me my star. Let me fill out a survey to pick what Star Wars I want. <laughs> right. I wonder if you can do that when you make your. Would you like new, new trilogy or old trilogy? Original, <laughs> one, two, or three. Which one do you want? And that'll would you like determine... an original or extra crispy trilogy. <laughs> that'll determine what. <laughs> but it, it sounds like, <clears throat> you know, uh, somebody else had made the comment of, um, very much like. Uh, you know, when you go to Batu and everybody's uh, acting and, right, they're and all in thing, character, right? There. Everybody's in character, kind of like when you go to a Ren fair and think, you know, the or if you play Dungeons and Dragons, you know, the more you role play, the, Saturday, 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 <laughs> the more you get involved with you know the storyline, or you know, oh, you said the right thing, so you can. Exactly. Go and do this experience. Or if you happen to play The Sims and you have the Batu expansion pack, you can interact with the people there. Too. Right. So it'll be interesting to to see how you know how they they go about this. I'm looking forward to it. I'm curious how long the wait's going to be and how long it's going to take for us to get yeah. reservations. Yeah. Because that's the one thing that'll bring me back to. Oh, to absolutely. Disney. I I I know. <laughs> So trust me, I'm sure I'll get like 50 emails popping up saying reservations are open, reserve, you know, or you have to log on at like midnight to and get on a will. waiting list. Yeah, we, we will. I know we will. <laughs> <laughs> so that was all we had for our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. Yes. We'll be right back with our entertainment news of the week. into teens a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth talking to real teens about real teen problems explore issues from braces to puberty social anxiety to financial responsibility each week we talk about the topics concerning today's youth we look at how the issues affect teens how to cope with these issues and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. for entertainment news. <laughs> oh, she left. <laughs> Aww. So, Knives, to, Knives Out 2 has added a Hamilton star. Your favorite Star Wars director, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, uh, has been uh, prepping his Knives Out sequel with gradual reveals of big stars to follow the original Oscar-nominated Who Done It, and it's shaping up to be a, an all-star cast. 
Following recent news of Katherine Hahn actually being added to the Netflix movie, Knives Out 2 has now lined up its sixth actor, and it's Hamilton star Leslie Odom Jr. Um, so Leslie Odom Jr. is coming off of a massive year uh, that the actor and singer, he was actually nominated for an Oscar um, for his portrayal of Sam Cooke in One Night in Miami. Uh, and he'll be playing an undisclosed role in the Knives Out sequel with Daniel Craig. Uh, Edward Norton is on board with this, Catherine Hahn, uh, and Dave Bautista, uh, according to uh, The Hollywood Reporter. Um, obviously, the actor is famously uh, or is known for famously portraying Aaron Burr in the original cast mm-hmm. of... <laughs> Hamilton, uh, which earned him a Tony for Best Actor in a Leading Role. Um, And obviously, a lot of people last year finally got to see... uh, (laughs) We have some visitors in in the studio right now. I don't know if you can... Yeah. So we have Pumpkin and we have Leota. Because we have the door open because it gets really hot in here. Oh, and there they go. They're like, yeah, we're done. We came, we saw... We're done. <laughs> Our guest today on the show. Our guest today, Pumpkin and Leota. Um, so obviously a lot of people got to see the performance of Hamilton last summer when it went uh, uh, premiered on Disney+. Plus. Um, so the original Knives Out, obviously, if you haven't seen it, had a very massive cast uh, that included Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, the late Christopher Plummer, uh, and in- introduced uh, the um, the detective character, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to try, but it was actually played by Daniel Craig. So there were all, all these rumors about... Uh, a second version coming out or a, a sequel coming out, but it was like, okay, well, if you already solved the who done it, how are you going to do a second one? But basically, uh, it's the detective, he's on another case, and that's how they're doing a second version. And it, uh, and there's possibly even going to be a third uh, version as well. Um, what's kind of funny is that Leslie Odom Jr., back in 2017, he actually had a role in the Agatha Christie adaptation of Murder on the Orient Express, uh, which has often been compared uh, by Knives Out. Um, so, th- th- you know, that's a, a more classic version of the whodunit where the Knives Out was a a more modern take on it. Um, So Knives Out is confirmed to continue with a second and third installment, which will both be landing on Netflix. Um, So I personally am looking forward to it because I did see the first one and I thought it it was really good. So, Well, being the cultural swine (laughs) that I am, I never did see the first one. Uh, but it's probably available on, on Amazon. <laughs> maybe it'll be next week's pick. You never know. There you know. go. Maybe I'll get you to watch it. Um, but with Leslie Odom Jr., I think he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, and the first one was real, was, you know, such an amazing cast. Don Johnson, you know, was in it too. And it was like, all right, this is interesting, Heather. See, I think the know. biggest challenge with this is to find a way to get, find some excuse to get him to sing. Right. Because he has a fantastic Oh, absolutely. Voice. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that would really work in a movie like this. Yeah, probably not. Because in the Agatha Christie one, he didn't sing yeah. either. So That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. We'll just keep watching Hamilton over and over. <laughs> there you go. Next up, we have Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai. So it seems in uh, an article in an interview that was on uh, Yahoo, more than 35 years after his big screen debut as the uh, as uh, Johnny Lawrence in The Karate Kid, uh, William uh, Zabika? Zapka. Zapka, sorry, is now, you know, a legitimate Emmy contender for his performance as the adult Johnny on Netflix Cobra Kai. Um, he said in the interview, the 18-year-old me is kicking myself on a beach somewhere. Um, it's so unbelievable. He said the wild success of Cobra Kai, um, which follows Johnny and Daniel LaRusso as they run dueling karate dojos, is even more surprising given that the teenage uh, Johnny didn't think or... or uh, the teenage Billy didn't think that he even had a chance to 
play Johnny in the first place. He said, when I read the Karate Kid, the Karate Kid script, as I turned the pages, I was like, I'm never going to get this park. I'm not a black belt. I don't know karate. He's in a motorcycle gang. You know, I, I don't even know how to ride a motorcycle. He's mean. The last thing that I did was a milk commercial, maybe even M&M's. Um, they're never going to see me as this bad guy. Um, but fortunately, every Karate Kid and Cobra Kai fan knows that he was wrong. Um, that he was obviously perfect for the part. Um, it was interesting. So I, I watched the the whole uh interview and he had said you know that if you would have told him 10 years ago are you gonna you know reprise this role he would have been like yeah probably not and he said that throughout his career a lot of people have brought him various different things um to kind of reprise the role but just nothing seemed right uh it wasn't the the right type of project uh he even did he said he did a music video back in like 2008 that was like a parody called sweep the leg um so he kind of you know didn't put too much emphasis on it and he said you know he had kind of lost touch with uh you know with most of the cast but when pat marita had passed away he had gone to the memorial and that's when he and Ralph Macchio kind of teamed back up again and kept in touch uh, and kind of rekindled uh, their friendship. And then you had this group of writers that came along and showed the script and he just fell in love with it because you got to see this other side of Johnny that kind of made sense. Like it, it worked. It was much better than anything else that he had even, you know, thought of. So he was very happy, obviously, to to take it and run with it. And, you know, obviously we're going to get a, another season out of it. And he could possibly, you know, get an Emmy for it, too. Yeah, I think that's cool. I, I think the, probably the outstanding thing about the, the new Cobra Kai series is... How they humanize the characters. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't see that much character development in the movies themselves, except for, you know, Daniel and, and Mr. Miyagi. Right. And the fact that you're you're getting these I mean, I don't want to call him a tertiary character. He was a main character for mm -hmm. the first movie. Right. But you're seeing that, you know, movies back in the eighties were very black and white. Mm -hmm. Your bad guy was bad, your good guy was good, and that's just the way it was. Right. And what you're seeing now is you're you're seeing different facets of characters now. You're seeing some character depth, and some characters really still are bad. But right, and you know, and like you kind of feel bad for him. Yeah. But yet you know, hey, you made that bed. You you right. know, like you you understand now right. why he's the way he is, but right. it doesn't excuse the way that he is. Right. But it's nice to see that he's kind of trying to redeem himself, and it's and what he thought was kind of funny in the whole thing was that how stuck in the eighties they made him. Like he doesn't know about the internet. He right, doesn't know right. about, you know, so they showed a clip of when, you know, he and Miguel are at the concert and he's like, yeah, make sure you, you, you know, you copy that and send me a copy. He's like, yeah, I'll tag you. He's like, what do you mean you'll tag me? You know, I'll tag you on Facebook. What's Facebook? You know, were things that most people right, take for granted or right. most people know the reference He's still stuck in 1980s and, you know, hasn't yeah. realized yeah, that a, the world has moved on. The show itself has a lot of character because of its character mm -hmm. development. Yeah. And and it's those character stories. It's those, the 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 backgrounds and the flaws mm -hmm. and the insecurities that they explore. That's really what's making the movie. It's not, or the TV show, mm -hmm. it's not this overriding plot. It's that plot that gets you to tune in every week. Yeah. But every episode is a different facet of the personality. Mm -hmm. and I, I think it's a very well-written show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, and great actors, too. Mm -hmm. So that was all we had. That's for it. Entertainment News. We'll be right back with our, with, um, insightful, our picks. insightful picks of the week. <laughs> I hadn't scrolled up that far in my notes. Not a problem. I abandoned my notes. Oh, <gasps> my gosh. We'll be right back. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Go for your insightful pick. So, hey, my insightful pick of the week is a British documentary. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. And it's on Disney+. Plus. Wow. Um, it's actually also on National Geographic as well because it's uh, under that um, banner on Disney+, Plus is the National uh, Nat Geo. Uh, and it is called Being the Queen. Um, so in this biography of Queen Elizabeth II, uh, 1895 Films, which is the company that made it, uh, uses a treasure trove of never-before-heard interviews from dozens of people who have known the Queen personally to tell the story of her life. This appropriately, uh, this approach, paired with deeply researched archival footage, puts us in the room with Queen Elizabeth II during some of the most important and trying events of the history of the British monarchy. It's kind of interesting because it's only a 44 minute uh, documentary, but it, it basically runs the, the gamut of, um, you know, the, the start of her um, monarchy, uh, everything with the, all of her children getting married, all of their marriages kind of breaking down. Um, you know, Diana passing away, um, up until, um, cause it, 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 uh, was a 2020, um, documentary. So obviously Philip is still alive at the end of it, but it, it's a, a nice condensed version of it, but it does touch on a lot of key points. Uh, if you're somebody who watched The Crown, there's different things that uh, are picked. Of course we watched The Crown. There was English accents. <laughs> but for somebody else, you're like, oh, okay, you know, where there were things that happened on The Crown that I didn't necessarily know about that had happened, and watching the documentary, they were brought up. So it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. So they touch on other various things. Um, you know, one of the things was talking about her, her coronation and one of her ladies-in-waiting, uh, who's one of her cousins or something. And, you know, she talks about that day, and they have uh, video, uh, you know, film video uh, uh, of that day, and you can see some various things, and, and she talks about it. So a little behind the things scene. So, uh, again, a nice little condensed version. It's not one of these three-hour-long uh uh, documentaries. It's a nice, short, concise, you know, and again, some information you've heard before, you've seen before, but there were different aspects uh, to it as well, which which was nice. So Nice pick. Thank you. So my pick this week is Digging Deep in the Woods. This is another one of oh, my... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this is another one of my uh, gems that I found on Amazon Prime. It's called the New York's World's Fair in 1964. Being the history buff that I am, <clears throat> it's an extraordinary documentary that takes a fresh look at the sights and sounds of this once-in-a-lifetime event. Produced in 1996, this is one of the, the dig-deep rare treasure finds of Amazon. Using vintage footage from the fair, you're transported back in time to this historic event where, quote, cutting-edge technology was on display. The New York World's Fair held over 140 pavilions, 110 restaurants, uh, 80 nations involved, 24 U.S. states, and over 45 corporations to build exhibits or attractions at Flushing Meadows in Queens, New York. The classic documentary takes you on a nearly one-hour walk through some of the offerings of the fair, you get a feel for the spirit of the fair, the architecture, and the technology on display. The fair's theme was Peace Through Understanding, dedicated to man's achievement on a shrinking globe in an expanding universe. Very uh, lofty goals, very uh, you know significant achievements they were going for. American companies dominated the exhibition as exhibitors, Disney being one of the most prominent with several other exhibitions uh, retiring to the Disney theme park, such as It's a Small World and Carousel of Progress, one of which is one of my favorite rides. The other one I try to avoid like the plague. 
you can try and figure out which one is which. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the documentary mutes the overriding cultural significance of the Cold War going on at the time. You can't help but feel the energy and excitement of the space race that was a direct result of that quasi-conflict throughout the film. It was one of the last great exhibitions of American innocence and innovation before the darker, more turbulent times just a few years ahead with the Vietnam War and Watergate scandals when America seemed to lose its innocence. What I liked about this is that they didn't, it wasn't tilted towards any of the corporations. Mm -hmm. You saw glimpses. Right. And like Disney didn't display anything. They didn't have an exhibition there. They did it for all these other corporations. Right, right. So Disney's not even mentioned in here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you see some of their displays. Like you see the building that was the Carousel of Progress and you know immediately what it is in the film. Right, right. there was another one where they had uh, Greyhound had sponsored these little um, shuttles. They were they were uh, I don't know like souped up golf carts almost. And I had watched an episode of American Restoration where they dug one of these up and they actually rebuilt one of these and restored it. And it was neat to actually see them puttering around the exhibit. You know, people in, in these. There were like two right. or three people. You know, little okay, vehicles. Okay. Okay. Um, it was just very neat to see. At the time, it was so futuristic. Uh-huh, right. And some of the architecture still holds up to this day. Mm-hmm. yeah. But the technology was just, like, it's almost, like, the nostalgia of it is worth watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see what we thought the future was going to be like then and what it is today. Right. So, it's only an hour. It's available on Amazon Prime. It's, you know, it's a nice little little flashback in, in time to some American history there. Very so, cool. Uh, the New York World's Fair, 1964. So, I think that was just about it. We did have one more thing that we wanted to talk about with our live audience. Right. So... As we mentioned, we kind of had a fun-filled weekend coming up. Um, So one of the things that we are going to be attending on Sunday is the Monster Mania Outdoor Little Mall of Horrors pop-up event. Um, So those of you that are from the the area, um, even down in Maryland as well, because they do uh, go down there. Monster Mania is one of those events that happen a couple of times a year. They do one up in here in Cherry Hill, uh, and then they do one uh, down in the Maryland area, and it's a horror film uh, and memorabilia convention. They usually have a whole bunch of different celebrities there. That's where a lot of the Walking Dead stars when, like, before the show even came out, we're making the rounds there. Um, So they do photo ops with celebrities and things like that. Obviously, when conventions stopped, this was one that had to stop. Casualty of the pandemic. Casualty of the pandemic. But it seems they were able to kind of put their minds together and kind of come up with a mini-mall version of it. Uh, So what they're doing is... Also, one of the other convention areas that we usually hit is the uh, Philadelphia Convention Center in Oaks, Pennsylvania, which is a huge... Um, they got, what, four or six <laughs> exhibit halls or something? Yeah, I, I want to yeah. say four four halls, but it's, I think they can break huge. it down into other ones. Well, they have this huge parking lot because of all of this. Right. So they're going to be doing an outside event this coming weekend, this is the first time that they've ever tried anything. So it's basically all of the vendors that would normally be at their event, and then some uh, will be there. Uh, normally, Monster Mania is what, like $35, $40 like yeah. for the day. Uh, so because there aren't all as many extra things, it's only $15 to get in. There might still be tickets available for Sunday because, again, they only had limited quantities available. But then as uh, limit restrictions opened up, they did open up some yeah, some tickets. tickets up. Um, masks are required, even though the whole CDC, blah, 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 outside, masks are required for everybody. Um, so again, if you're watching this live 
and you're in the area, uh, you can go to monstermania.net, see if there's still tickets available. Um, we are probably, go, you know, more than likely we'll talk about this next week. Maybe yeah, even we'll have, have some, some... We'll have some footage we'll bring back and show folks what it was um, like and stuff. You know, and maybe, again, if this is something that goes well, maybe it's something they'll think about doing in the future. Who who knows? So, I'm so looking forward to being outside in the parking lot in 96, 96 degree weather. 96 degree weather. Oh, and they are going to have a bunch of celebrities there, too. So, you know. For as long as they can survive the heat. <laughs> they'll probably be in enclosed, uh, you know, things with a whole lot of fans. Everybody's going to have generators yeah. with, like, yeah, <laughs> with really. the fans and stuff. So it'll be definitely interesting to see. This, is, again, is one of the first events that we're going to. Uh, you know, since everything's kind of reopening, so we'll we'll see. Hopefully, it it goes well. Yep, should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Before we let you go, though, I would encourage folks to subscribe to the podcast. You can get video versions of all of the network shows listed as insights into things, or you can get just audio versions of this podcast listed as insights into entertainment. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Amazon, etc., etc. I would also encourage folks to reach out and uh, give us your feedback, give us suggestions, tell us what we're doing wrong. You can email us at commentsandintothings.com. You can find us on the Twitterverse at insights underscore things. We are on the Book of Faces at <laughs> www.facebook.com slash insightsintothingspodcast. The grams that are instant <laughs> or insta uh, at instagram.com backslash insightsintothings. Audio versions of the podcast can be found at podcast.insightsandentertainment.com. On the tubes of you... <laughs> Or YouTube, you can find us on youtube.com backslash insights into things. We twitch uh, five days a week. <laughs> the doctor said he's going to give me medicine for that <laughs> at twitch.tv slash insights into things. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you do get a Twitch Prime. Throw it our way. You subscription, say. throw it our way. We would appreciate yeah. that. It helps us keep all these lights on. <laughs> And might, it gets really hot in here. Might pay for the fan at some point in time because <laughs> it's really hot in here right now. Uh, but you can get us at twitch.tv slash insights into things. And if you forgot all of those other links and you're not sure where to go, you can actually go to our main website to find links for everything. And that is insightsintothings.com. That's it. Another one in the books. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.